you wouldn't really like me if you knew my story. If you knew what horrible things I've done. Um, I'm coming to grips with that. Because I have groups of people that I'm able to share all my horrible stuff with. Shameful, extremely shameful, dark stuff. Some of it is things I've taken from my parents and carried it a little further. Other ones, I've, you know, I've been able to drop some of that. Other ones I've picked up on my own and uh, created, you know. Shame's, shame's a big thing for me. was James Hetfield in a road recovery interview from 2015 and road recovery is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping young people battle addiction and other adversities by harnessing the influence of entertainment industry professionals and so on and so on so um I recorded this podcast um couple, maybe a week or two ago when I was about to, you know, edit it and and publish it. And then I happened upon this, um, I happened upon this, this clip. I was doing some research just to, to make sure some things I said about Hetfield was accurate. So I just started searching for a bunch of things. I went down a rabbit hole and, and I, I found this quote and that quote, after I recorded the podcast about the Unforgiven Three, kind of, um, kind of kind of brought home the fact that that I mean we won't we'll never know for sure unless he says it and I don't think he says it he has said it headfield that is but I'm pretty sure this is what unforgiven 3 is about um forgiving oneself and in headfield's case forgiving himself for all the the horrible things that he's done or at least Part of the song is about that, um, so I'll get into uh, into some more detail. So consider this an intro to uh, the intro of of my podcast. So uh, enjoy, everyone. Enjoy my take on the Unforgiven Three. Oh, that was so menacing. So in <clears throat> oh my goodness, that was my voice. What happened? I got a frog in my throat. Jeez. It probably doesn't help that I'm sitting in my truck and it's a little cold out because I'm doing laundry, but I can't do it in the laundromat. Even though there's no one there, there's just a lot of sound. Anyway, it's like 1040 on a Tuesday night and it's the only chance I have to do laundry. So it's probably my voice telling me, why are you doing laundry when we should be at home? Anyway, um, so when... When you hear Unforgiven 1 and Unforgiven 2, they both have the same beginning. So I remember listening to the radio, and I would hear that intro, and it's even to this day when I hear that intro, I never know if it's Unforgiven 1 and Unforgiven 2. And since I like, I love both those songs, it's a pleasant surprise to, uh, to see which one it is. Well, I mean, that's on terrestrial radio, and if, if, if terrestrial radio doesn't tell you what song it is, like if I have uh, the Sirius, my Sirius satellite radio playing, it'll let me know the song. But back in the, the good old, actually, no, not the good old days, but back in the old days, uh, I, I, just, I just wouldn't know. So with, um, with Unforgiven 3... 
it's different because it doesn't begin with a... It begins with a, um, a piano and an orchestra. And it's... I, I, I listened to this at the laundromat, waiting for my laundry to finish, um, with my headphones on. And I got to start listening to these songs again with headphones because you just pick up so many different things. And even though I, even though I don't like the production of Death Magnetic, I still love the arrangement and the melody of this song. So the song begins with... It's just a very haunting and very melancholy piano intro with an orchestra behind it. It's, 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 it's just the melody of it is really, really good. I just wish, I just wish the, the sound was better. Um, I wish the sound was like the Black Album load and reload kind of sound. It's, those albums were just more of a fuller sound. While Death Magnetic, ha- it's, it's clipped. So it it's just sounds like everything's flat like on one level, and the, the snare drum is almost has like a digital sound to it. Um, it just sounds too compressed, I guess, which is ironic because I use a lot of compression on my, uh, on my voice, and I'm criticizing Metallica for it, but it just it doesn't have that full sound. But the sound is the worst part about the song, and I know sound, sound is important, but the song itself is great. I, I, I was kind of turned... I wouldn't say turned off to it. I, I really like the song... When I first heard Death Magnetic, and I liked the song as I listened to the album over the years, but I just couldn't get past the sound. But now I'm tolerating the sound a little more, even though I'm I, I'm obviously criticizing it. But the musicianship in the song is is awesome. So um, so it starts off very very beautiful and um, and very. Uh, and very melancholy, and then when the lyrics begin, which is which I'm going to go over uh, shortly, it like w- during the the when Hetfield is sing- James Hetfield is singing, the guitar line in it is so good. It's so it's such a soaring melody, and the fact that he can sing and play this uh, at the same time always amazes me. Just like with with any Metallica song, because it's so complicated. I mean, singing and playing is hard enough, even for songs that are relatively easy to play, but when you have a, a complicated, when you have some complicated songs like Metallica, it just shows what a talent, um, what a talent Hetfield is. And he's also a, um, he's also a talented lyric writer. Um, I, I've, I've heard his lyrics get criticized a little bit for being simplistic, but the fact that they are simplistic, I think is what makes them great. And the fact that he sings them in a certain way, the, the way that he sings them makes the lyrics better. He just puts everything, everything into it. You can't accuse James Hetfield of not having a heart in his music, even if you don't necessarily like the, uh, the Metallica songs. So let us begin with the lyrics. I think these lyrics are a little more straightforward than uh, Unforgiven 1 and Unforgiven 2, I guess a little less uh, cryptic. And while Unforgiven 1 talks about how the subject of the song can't forgive the they, uh, the people around him, society, if you will, um, Unforgiven 2 talks about how the the man in, in the song, the narrator in the song, the subject of the song, can't forgive the, uh, the woman that he's with. He can't forgive the other. So Unforgiven 1 is I can't forgive them. Unforgiven 2 is I can't forgive you. Unforgiven 3, and it, the lyrics make it obvious, is I can't forgive myself. So um, the, the 
I just, I think it's so brilliant that Heffield was able to make a trilogy out of this, out of something so, so simple. They, you, and finally me. And I think maybe it's all interconnected. It, can you forgive others if you can't forgive yourself? Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Can you uh, forgive yourself while not forgiving others? Sure. That makes sense, too. That's what makes us humans. Humans are complicated. So, let's begin. The lyrics start by uh, Hetfield singing, How could he know this new dawn's light would change his life forever? Set sail to sea, but pulled off course by the light of golden treasure. So, Hetfield's using a uh, ship sailing analogy, which I don't believe he's ever used in any of his lyrics before or since. Just off the top of my head, I don't think he has. So, I'm thinking this song is about him. So, it's this new dawn's light would change his life forever, and it's gotta be just the fame of Metallica becoming the focal point of one of the biggest bands ever. Um, so that's the new dawn light and of new dawn's light. And of course it's going to change his life forever. I mean, whose life wouldn't change because of that. So he set sail to sea, but he's pulled off course. Now what's pulling him off course? Well, uh, Hetfield has had many, many problems. Um, uh, after Metallica became big, I mean, I'm sure he always had those problems, but the fact that you're in such, you know, you have all this, uh, all these desires and all these temptations and they're all fulfilled and all these indulgences get more, uh, increase more and more and more. And if you have that disposition to begin with, it's just a recipe for disaster, which it was. I mean, Hetfield almost lost his family because of his addiction. So the light of golden treasure is, in his case, fame, uh, fortune, glory, money, treasure, treasure itself. You know, being able to do what you want to do as fantastic as it is, it does come with a downside. You know, there's no such thing as a free lunch in, in, in anything, really. Um, so, was he the one causing pain with his careless dreaming? So, this album was written... This album was the first studio album after St. Anger. And St. Anger was, you know, about a lot of Hetfield's troubles with addiction and, and rage and anger, but then also how he treated his family. In, in the Some Kind of Monster documentary, he misses his son's first birthday because he was too busy drinking in, um, in Russia. And so he, because of his dreaming, you know, doing the things he wants to do, being on the road all the time, fulfilling the rock star dream, the, 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 this lifestyle, and having a family could cause problems because you're not going to see your family. They're not going to see you all the time. Your dreaming is causing them pain, and then you're doing damage to yourself, and when you do damage to yourself, you're doing damage to your family. So, um, so he asked himself, was he the one causing pain with his careless dreaming? Possibly, but not necessarily. It's, I guess it's how you handle uh, fulfilling that dream, which I think he's doing really, really well now. Um, he's, he's making a balance with their touring and with the time that he spends with his family. Um, the next lyrics are, been afraid, always afraid of the things he's feeling. Now, this is important, and I think it's one of the reasons why he had to go to rehab, because drinking um, 
his drinking was a way to bury his feelings, to run from them. And not only uh, from problems with his family and problems with his life, you know, he never grieved the death of Cliff Burton. Um, he just moved on, you know, he just kept going on with the band and who knows if he even grieved the death of his mother that happened tragically when he was a teenager still. And after his mother died, his father left and his mother may have been able to survive. His mother died of cancer if they weren't Christian scientists, you know, his mother and father thought, well, God is going to heal me. So there's no use. There's no point in taking medicine. And that's just, it's just, that is the danger of belief. Um, believing something without regards to the evidence around you, especially with something that's, that's life and death. You know, like, if you have psoriasis or something and you don't want any prescription cream and you feel, oh, well, I'm going to use coconut oil because I don't want, you know, I don't want to use these chemicals or whatever for this cream, fine, use the goddamn coconut oil. You're not going to die from psoriasis. But when it comes to cancer... You know, uh, something that'll kill you. That's when things can. That's when things can get out of hand. So, um, so he's afraid of the things that he's feeling, and I think all of us are afraid sometimes of the things we're feeling. We don't want to admit that we might be angry at someone we love. We don't want to admit that we might be scared of something, especially being, you know, being raised as a man, as a boy in the 80s and 90s, you know, where it's like, you know, you didn't want to show emotion as a man because that's something that girls do. And if you cry as a man, it shows that you're weak. Now, I think that it's, 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 it's been improving. And I grew up on Long Island too, which is especially toxic. Um, but I think nowadays it's getting a little better where we're showing boys especially that it's okay to cry. It's okay to show this emotion, you know, maybe time and place, uh, maybe you could choose a better time and place to do it. You don't want to, like, start screaming in public or whatever, but you need to share and show those feelings for you to feel better or else it's going to come back around in, in some kind of way to get you, whether emotionally or I would sometimes argue, um, I would argue physical pain. So, and Hetfield has had some, some back issues too. You know, I remember back in the early 2000s, they had to cancel shows because he just had just really bad back problems, so bad that he couldn't, that he couldn't play. So it goes on, he could just be gone. He would just sail on. He'll sail on. And listening to this song, especially today, um, you know, I, today, yeah, I don't want to get, get into specifics, but today was just one of those days for me where I just, <laughs> I just wanted to get on a plane, not on a boat, mind you. I've been on boats. I'd rather go on a plane, but I just wanted to get on a plane and go away and just fly to Europe somewhere, maybe one of the Scandinavian countries, and just go, just walk somewhere, and just go and see what happens. I just, I just want to run away. <laughs> I just want to run away from things that have been going on. And I can't really do that. Or maybe I could, but I just wouldn't have an end game. I wouldn't want to just go to Europe and go, oh, well, what am I going to do now? You know, I kind of like to plan these, these kind of things. You know, I wouldn't want to waste the opportunity money-wise and time-wise when I really have no plan. So, but Hetfield could sail on if he wanted to. It's not like he doesn't have the money. You know, he really could just be gone. He really could. He would sail on. I guess he would if he could. Um, and I wonder if Hetfield has thought of that before. You know, fuck it. I'm just going to go away. 
you know, I'm just going to go off on my own. I can, you know, but he realizes that he has these, these obligations. So the, uh, the next lyrics are, how can I be lost if I've got nowhere to go? And, and that's an interesting line. I mean, it, it, it's, it's such a cool play on words because obviously, literally, if you have nowhere to go, you can't be lost because you're not going anywhere. But figuratively, of course you're lost if you have nowhere to go. If you have no plans for the future, if you have no direction, that is a way of being lost. Unless you're happy with no direction, then fine, all the power to you. But, you know, if your opportunities are dwindling and you don't have too many options, yes, that is a form of being lost. So search for seas of gold, how come it's got so cold? Now, this changes now in the lyrics because he, at the beginning, you know, he's, he's pulled off course by the light of golden treasure, so he sees it, but now he's still searching. So maybe he found some and he wants to search for some more, um, but it's cold. You know, it's like you're getting colder. So cold can mean, you know, you're physically cold and you're not comfortable. But cold can also mean, you know, it's the, the search has been cold. You know, that game you played when you were kids, it's like, I'm looking for this. Well, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer, oh, you're getting colder. You know, if you can't find something, you're getting colder. If you can find something, you're getting warmer. You know, it's just, it's just a, you know, that, that, uh, that figure of speech. And then he asked himself, well, how can I be lost in remembrance I relive? Um, so he's thinking back, well, how can I, how can I be lost when I remember, you know, the good times when, where, you know, I, I'm, I'm reliving those good times, you know, being on the road, being a rock star, being adored by thousands of people, making great music, making great money, making great music, living your dream. But he's still lost, even though he's remembering and he's living, reliving those good times over and over again. And then he says, how can I blame you? So in Hetfield's case, it could be, you know, maybe his wife, or if you're, if, you, if this is just a nameless narrator, could be the you from Unforgiven 2, or, you know, it just could be someone else in general. Um, but how can I blame you when it's me I can't forgive? So, so Hetfield, it sounds like, thinks that he, he can, well, he... He can't blame someone for something that, that he's done wrong and then he can't forgive himself for. So he's putting all the weight on his own shoulders. And we move on. Or do we move on? Or are we lost? <clears throat> so um, so we, we go on to... Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Okay. So these days drift on inside a fog thick and suffocating. So is it the road? Is he tired of the road? Is it just, you know, a fog of alcohol and drugs and just not knowing where you are day after day, not knowing necessarily when you're leaving a city or if you are, what time you're going to be in the next one because of all the time zones and the flying. So it's a fog and then you're drunk all the time too. So that certainly doesn't help. Uh, these days drift on inside a fog, thick and suffocating. Um, his sinking life outside its hell, inside intoxicating. So um, it's pretty clear, it seems, that um, because of the hell 
that's going on outside of his life, inside himself, he has to be intoxicating. So uh, he, he needs to, uh, to numb himself because of what's going on outside. So it goes to show you, don't, you, know, you can have all the money in the world and all the fame and all the power and all of this and all of that, but inside, you know, you could still be that little boy who, well, not a little boy, the teenager who lost his mom, the angry teenager who lost his mom, and then whose dad left him, you know, um, and the 20-something who lost a dear friend. So there's uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on inside him. So... Which means that it's intoxicating. So he's run aground like his life. So party's over, man. There's no more water. The ship is stopped. And water much too shallow. He can't go anywhere. He's stuck. Slipping fast down with his ship. Not the ship. His ship himself. Uh, fading in the shadows. So that's interesting because... Metallica never really faded. I mean, they've had their ups and downs, but touring-wise, they were never one of those bands who, you know, after, after like, ten years, after five years of playing stadiums, they're all, all of a sudden playing the small clubs again. It's like, no, they're, they're if anything, getting bigger and bigger. Um, so I wonder if he felt around this time, uh, maybe after the criticism of St. Anger, or, I don't know, it, it could be anything, that he felt like they're fading, or that could be a fear of his. Or it's not even the band, it's just himself is fading in the shadows away from the, the people that, uh, that he cares about and who care about him. So uh, I think these are some of Hetfield's deepest fears, you know, and so in, in, in a way he, he is showing us his feelings. Uh, he's just not doing it in a personal way or a private way like with a therapist, he's doing it with the songs. And I think he, I, I would imagine he... Goes, still goes to some kind of therapy to deal with his uh, sobriety. Um, that's what I think, anyway. Um, so, now a castaway. Ooh, by himself. He's alone. Um, they've all gone away. They've gone away. So, it's, I guess, all the they. The people who care about him, his friends, his loved ones, his enemies. He's just, he's just by himself now because... Maybe the fact that he can't forgive himself means that he's lonely. So even if he's not lonely, even if there are people around him, if, if you can't forgive yourself or, you, or, or if, you, if you're having inner turmoil, it could feel very, very lonely, uh, especially if the people around you don't support you in the way that, that you would like them to in order to, uh, in order to get help. So he repeats, how can I be lost if I got nowhere to go? Search for seas of gold, how come it's got so cold? And then repeats himself. So then he goes to the, the next new lyrics are, forgive me, forgive me not. Um, which I think is a, um, a callback to Unforgiven 2, where the line is, she loves me not, she loves me still. So it's forgive me not, love me, forgive me, forgive me not, love me, love me not. Uh, he's going back and forth. And talking about Unforgiven too, I think that might have been the first Metallica song. And I don't know if they have other Metallica, if, if any of their other songs mention love in it. But I'm pretty sure Unforgiven 2 was the first one to do so. And it might be the only one. I'm trying to think. 
I don't know if any, there's any other song, any any of the original, their original songs, um, mention love like Unforgiven 2 does. So uh, if I'm wrong, please contact me and let me know. So, um, so then this is probably the best part of the song coming up. Um, so it's a forgive me, forgive me not in the music. It starts to go into a crescendo, but then he go like, he goes, forgive me, forgive me not. And then he goes, uh, why can't I forgive me? But the way he says it, it's just, it's, it's not like the head field, like the yeah kind of scream. It's him going like, why can't I forgive me? Like, like that, just like. Just, just like a, like a howl, which um, he doesn't necessarily, at least during the death magnetic time, really, really sang like that. Saying anger, he was just screaming uncontrollably, and it was raw. But that kind of wow, he he, he didn't really show uh, in too many songs that I, that I can recall. Um, and then after that, why can't I forgive me? It goes into Hammett's solo. Now, I. I didn't, I, I knew, obviously I knew there was a solo in this, and there's solos all over Death Magnetic, because it's probably Hammett going, listen you motherfuckers, you didn't have me solo on St. Anger, even though in some kind of monster, it's, Hammett's making it quite clear that it's a big mistake, and Hammett is, was right, looking back, it was a big mistake not having solos in St. Anger, he made that argument, they shot him down, and I'm just glad Hammett's back doing solos. And I think that, um, at least on the 30th anniversary concert, when they did uh, Dirty Windows, I think it was Dirty Windows, Hammett put a solo in there, I think. Um, and I think if they do end up doing St. Anger songs again, which I hope they do, um, not only will the sound be better, uh, I hope that uh, Hammett can, can add some solos in it when they do it live. But, so, this solo is fantastic. The only downside about this solo is the sound of it. Again, it sounds like a little clipped, but man, does Hammond go nuts on this. Like, nuts on his guitar sound that kind of sounds almost like video game digital-like when he gets really high on the frets. He's just going all over the place. It might be one of Hammond's best solos. It just, you gotta listen to this solo and listen to it with headphones. It is, it is so good. It is so good. It really ranks up there with with one of his best. It's it's just it's just classic. Just just an awesome solo. It's it's probably like that. Uh, Why can't I forgive me? That into the solo is probably the best part of the song. Then along with the intro, who am I kidding? The whole song is great. But those those are the the highlights uh, the highlights for me. So um, then he he kind of uh, he kind of repeats. Um, with with the lyrics set sail to sea, but pulled off course by the light of golden treasure. How could he know this new dawn's life would change his life forever? Do you notice how he said dawn because I'm from Long Island, and as as much as I try not to speak in my Long Island accent, it fucking creeps out every once in a while. Oh my god, I'm so ashamed. I can't forgive myself for having a Long Island accent. Oh, I got problems. Um, so and then and then he and then the the lyrics go on repeating how can I be lost blah 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 so there's no more new lyrics after that um, so great song I don't like Unforgiven one and two kind of kind of go with each other as far as sounds and melody and like uh, kind of recurrent like kind of a recurring theme lyric wise I think it 
it fits. But music-wise, I don't necessarily know if it does. It's almost like they wrote the music first, and then Hetfield said, well, let's just make this an Unforgiven 3. Because um, Unforgiven 2 musically goes along, but like Unforgiven 3 doesn't. It doesn't mean it's not a good song. I think it's a great song. It's just when you put it together... Um, Musically, it just doesn't it just doesn't seem to fit. But lyrically, it does. Um, just a great song. The sound could be better. But um, listen, what can I do? I don't think they're going to record it. Um, they have performed it live. I haven't really watched too many live versions of it. I remember I saw them on the Death Magnetic tour. Was that the last time I saw him? Holy shit, that was the last time I saw him. I haven't seen him in 10 years. Oh, I'm getting Metallica withdrawals. It's not my fault. Actually, well, yeah, no, it's not my fault that they're so popular and that, that the, the, the concert, just the Hardwired tour sold out so fast. And now, you know, if, you're, if you hold, if you have a certain credit card, you can get first dibs. If you're this, you can get first dibs. And I didn't have any dibs, so I couldn't see them. Um, but I saw them on a Death Magnetic tour. They didn't do Unforgiven 3 when I saw them. But even the sound... Um, their live sound, they played really well, but their live sound just wasn't too great from what I remember. I do have a recording of the concert. Now, granted, it's not mixed, but it just, the sound wasn't too good. Like, Trujillo's bass was really clicky, and when I did see him live, Hetfield's voice uh, it sounded like he his, his voice was cracking a lot, which is funny because my voice is cracking a lot during this podcast. So he just might have had an off night vocally. Um, I mean, they they were they were great energy. They were happy to be there. It's just sound wise, it just even the guitars just didn't sound, I guess, crunchy enough. It just sounded, for lack of a better term, clicky. So I guess kind of the live show went along with the the sound on the album, but. Um, uh, what was it? Oh yeah, so Unforgiven Three live. Uh, it's good, but I don't know if they played it anytime after Death Mag- Death the Death Magnetic Tour, the World Magnetic Tour. Um, I hope they do, but I mean they have so many songs they need to play, and the, the concerts are long to begin with. They do play for a while. I wish they could play for like ten hours and play all the songs. But you know, I don't know. Maybe one of these days they can have like a D tracks kinda kinda show somewhere in a small club. That would be really cool. Or do like the fans voting for stuff again. That would be nice. So um uh what is also nice is the fact that that you that you listen to me talk about uh one of pro- my favorite band and uh, some of my favorite songs from my favorite band. And Unforgiven 3 is, um, it's not, I wouldn't call it, like, it's, my favorite song on Death Magnetic is The Day That Never Comes, but Unforgiven 3 is pretty close. So I guess, yeah, sure, one of my favorite Metallica songs, why not? Uh, definitely my favorite band. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so thanks for listening, it's really nice for you to listen. Uh, if you want to rate and share this podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you've listened to it, please do so. It gets me more attention. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, my name is Mike Lane. I'm at Mike Lane Act on Twitter. That's M-I-K-E-L-A-N-E-A-C-T. You can find me on Facebook at uh, Mike Lane Actor. You can email me at MikeLaneAct at Yahoo.com. It'd be uh, great to hear from uh, you Metallica fans, even if you're not a Metallica fan, if, 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 I, if I got you to, to at least listen to the song. 
that's great too. Uh, so feel free to email me about anything. This podcast is called Music, Movies, and More, and uh, there will be more of it uh, sometime soon. So thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, until next time, have a good one.